The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. (laughs) It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're... We're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am group. That I did know. These people may be isolated and unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. I'm suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the intrepid trio, Kylan, Eric, and myself, Mike. And I had to do a double take right before I started talking to make sure I had my mute button not engaged. <laughs> that That's important. It's very important. Because people listen to us, so, you know. Well, speaking of listening to us, hey, Kylan, where can people find us online? Uh, they can find us online at, uh, well, actually, our website. You can find us on uh, Amazon. Um, and, oh, are we, are we talking about everywhere or just like our website? Website, social media. Uh, oh, well, okay. On social media, we're on pretty much all the social medias. We are Facebook, uh, Twitter. Um, we got Instagram too, right? Yeah, yep. we got pictures, yep. and um, and uh, you can always email us too. What's our email? Uh, it is <laughs> Mighty Marvel Geeks at. I see. Because I, I, I don't email myself, dude. <laughs> <laughs> MMG. Like somebody asked me for my phone number the other day, and I was kind of like, well, I never call myself, so. MMG at MightyMarvelGeeks.net. Ah, uh, our our website is mightymarvelgeeks.net. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Mighty Marvel Geeks and on Twitter at Marvel Geeks. There you go. So, uh, but while you're on our on our website, I said the website Thursday, not the toilet. Uh, while you're on our website, check out our affiliates on the right-hand side. Um, 
such as Biddy Boomers with their awesome Marvel uh, Biddy Boomers. Some great ones. Uh, also, to check out our web store where you can get some great Mighty Marvel Geeks merch. It's all right there. So, well, you know, these days are coming up, and hey, our our, our site's a good is a great place to go for you know that that Marvel lover in your life. You know, hey. Uh, speaking of holidays, uh, we're going to be having someone from Pop Insider on in a couple weeks to talk about all the Marvel offerings for the holidays. Oh, oh. well, okie dokie. And uh, I was at their show, Holiday of Play, today, which was virtual. Yeah. And uh, spoke with the fo- fine folks over at Lego and informed them of the MOC Intrepid Trio minifigures that are coming to three people near us. What? What? Did, did, did I spoil something there, Eric? Mm. I thought we talked about this, or did, or is this something we had talked about and Kylan didn't know? I did thinking know. more the uh, the latter. Oops. <laughs> but I, I I'm getting a minifig of me. Uh, all three of us will have a minifig of you. Oh. <laughs> I think is what was being talked about. Oh I could my! Be, I could be wrong. I'm not putting words in Eric's mouth. Well, you probably should sometime because I usually don't have words. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Uh, wow. Um, so, yeah, folks, this is real because this is my first time hearing about this, and I'm super jazzed. Hey, I know, I know where mine are going. Mine are going on the desk right in front of my computer, one of my computer monitors. Well, I have to my left. You guys can't see this well because, well, this is a podcast, but I have a <laughs> <laughs> so I have a small collection of minifigs. Um, so now uh, the three of us will be hanging out with Cap, Bucky, Falcon, uh, Nick Fury, as we should. And so yeah, that we're well, going to hang out with them. So we'll be part of a uh, of a field strike force. Hey, oh, I've told you guys, I got my Lego Spider Man hanging out on my computer. There you go. <laughs> there you go, dude. And I found out this was a mini version that was a poly bag. There is a there's an actual vehicle that looks like this. It's got the legs and that back end that has wheels. I'm like, oh, crap. I want that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Where I'll put it, I have no clue. But I hope I didn't ruin anything there, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he knew. (laughs) Surprise! <laughs> but look, Lego, Lego thought it was. But I will say, Lego thought it was cool that uh, that you were doing that uh, as pretty much exclusive to us, my rep. So I was like, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, okay, you know that's uh, that's worth the helicarrier, isn't it? <sighs> yeah. It was funny though; they had no mention of um, any Marvel sets coming out for the holidays. Hmm. None. None. Um, and I inquired if Marvel or if Lego was going to do a uh, minifigure blind pack set because I know three people who would be all over it for sure, trying to collect the different figs. Hell yeah! Language. Heck yeah! Captain America <laughs> is disappointed in your choice of metaphors. <laughs> 
he end up cursing later on in that? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, he cursed in the first one. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's just on comms language isn't is is not appropriate. In, in Cap's defense, there were aliens swarming New York City at the time. I think that's where that that's a situation. You know, I could, I could, uh, yeah, I, I, I could, uh, I could spot him a bomb at that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Speaking of cap, and of course we're talking language and comms and and bombs. Um, we three finally got our uh, Wakanda Files book. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, after going through it, I and knowing us, knowing us very well, I can see why Marvel was scared to have the author on the show. Yeah, I already I already had questions that yeah. Yeah, uh, I've yeah. I was I, I was looking over this uh I, I got my copy, I think the I, I was the last one to get a copy. Uh so I hadn't had the opportunity until this evening to to actually look it over. Mm-hmm. But oh sweet googly moogly. Yes. It, this is like the official handbook to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes, it is. And I love me some official handbooks to the Marvel Universe. Uh, like I said, very easily. Um, I could I could see where they would be scared um, to have us on the show. Oh yeah, it'd be total brown trash. Or, or have have them on the show. I mean, I saw that there there were things going through it, and I I, I can see where the way we are, the way uh, and and the way we make connections, and the way that we rabbit hole. Or yeah, change. yeah, no, we couldn't. They they would not. No, no, uh, no. <laughs> I I think I think the the sample questions I I sent them. To try and to book the guest, to book the author, uh, which is, um, oh, what is his name? Uh, hang on. I got my book right here. I got my book right here, too. Why was I not looking? Troy Benjamin. Yep. Um, there is, without a doubt, good reason why <laughs> he's not coming on the show. Not that we don't want him. And I'm sure it's not oh, because... We do want him and I, I'm sure it's not because Marvel doesn't want him on our show it's it would be a name a name rank serial number situation <laughs> yeah yeah there there would be um, there would be some problems <laughs> okay uh, if they ever do a second printing of this I have a suggestion mm-hmm. all right I love the little secret Light text, yes, yeah. Uh, UV, the UV light thing, yeah, the Kim, uh, Kimyo bead, yeah, Kimyo bead. I think it's a clever idea. It's a little bit gimmicky, but I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that it it incorporates into the handle for the book, mm-hmm. and I love how they incorporate like Shuri's insights or or royal spy communiques into it. Yeah. Yes. Okay? I love, but this bead light is so freaking underpowered. Yeah. I mean, you have to hold it right up against it to be able to read it. Mm -hmm. It better be reading in the dark. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
it, there's it, a lot of stuff I had to had to read over a second time just to say, you know, what is she saying here? Oh, yeah. I, I it's made me question: Do I want to go out and invest in a in a black light pen or stylus to to read this? Mm-hmm. You know, we've got a UV cleaner thingy at work. I wonder if that would work. It may. Huh? All right. I, well, I know what I'm taking to work tomorrow. <laughs> All I know is that it's that book is making me. I, I it's it's. I told I, I I think I told Mike this, but and Eric, I'm pretty sure you're thinking the same thing now. Uh-huh. It makes me want to go back and rewatch the movies in a completely different light because Absolutely. it references the movies without referencing the movies. Yeah, and I love that. Yeah. Um. And I, I'm a sucker for tech manuals. I, I, yes. So there's a review. For, so there's a review on on the website. Uh. Well, actually, it, it's on Weeby Geeks and Mighty Marvel Geeks on, yep. on the website there. But the thing is, I, I'm a sucker for tech manuals. I love them. Like I got Firefly. I have the in uh, the U the um the seventeen o the the Enterprise. Yeah, the Enterprise D. Yes. I, I, I got... I have that one. Uh, D, uh, heck, I even have a tech manual from uh, Battletech. Okay, so... I got the tech manual from Aliens. Uh, yeah, so- I used to have the Star Trek tech manual. Ooh. The, the old... Yeah. My, maybe in the garage somewhere. Which uh, I have, version? I have an old, old... The tech manual I have for Star Trek is probably from the late 80s, early 90s. Okay. Okay. Now, I mean, heck, I even have the I have the tech manual that came out last year, a couple of years ago for all the Marvel vehicles. This takes tech manuals to the next level. Like I, I like I hate to say it, but I this this book is what I will. Well, I'm going to measure all other tech manuals by now. Yeah. Okay. Have either one of y'all read the the write up on Cap's shield? No, not yet. Not yet. There. Okay. This write up, without getting too spoiler boy here, it explains how your know, Cap is able to throw with precision. Ah. <laughs> I mean, it. It. Yes. There is also a uh, write up on the shield SUV. Oh, now, gentlemen, do you remember Nick Fury's flying Ferrari? Yeah. That SUV basically has repulsor technology built into its chassis. Oh, geez. Well, what I want to know, hey, Marvel, hey, Kevin Feige, why haven't we seen more shield flying vehicles? We've got Lola. Yeah. And we love Lola. Lola. Hello, L.A. Lola. Why aren't we seeing more shield flying vehicles? You know, that is my thing exactly. Okay, like, I love the Zephyr. Don't get me wrong. Okay? I I, I love the Zephyr. And I know that that was, at least for TV, that was the closest we were going to get to a helicarrier until the the, the series finale. But... I agree. I agree. Why weren't we seeing more of that? You you notice the bus and the Zephyr have the exact same foot um, layout as the Serenity from Firefly. Yes, it does. 
Yeah, and it makes me feeds involved. So it, it makes me homesick, dude. I watch that and I'm like, oh, now it's a this design to to tangent for a brief second away from our book discussion. Since Cap Shield was brought up, uh, Friday Hasbro dot com or Hasbro announced that on Hasbro Pulse you can purchase or pre order. Marvel Legends, Falcon, and Winter Soldier, Captain America, Roleplay Shield for 115 bucks. You know, that's not that bad. And this thing looks pretty movie accurate. Okay. I'm, I'm going to tangent just a little bit further back. Uh-huh. They have write-ups for the Red Skulls Roadster. Yeah. And yeah. y'all listening along cannot see what I'm doing. I'm holding this up to the camera so the guys well, can see this. We can't see either because of your background. Yeah. Oh, well, never mind then. <laughs> okay. You remember how they activated the boosters in the movie with by pushing a, 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 a big red button, right? Right. Yeah. The button is laid, labeled Gefard Nick Drucken. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Now we know what that means. What does it mean? It means it says danger do not push. <laughs> Tell me that's not a men in black reference <laughs> hidden away inside Captain America, the first Avenger. <laughs> Love it. Because oh. who is driving the car? Tommy Lee Jones. That's right. Who is driving the car in men in black? Tommy, Tommy Lee, Lee Jones. Jones. Oh, Oh, did you guys did you, did you read the part about the heart shaped herb? Yes, yes. Oh, is it? Would it be too spoilery if we talked about no. that? Let's go. No, go well, ahead. But, well, before we get there, I wanted to tell y'all about uh, the shield. Um, with the shield, I'm sorry, I did you? No, that's fine. This premium. I am used to it. Uh, the premium role play shield is inspired by the shield that. Uh, appearance that makes appearances in the Falcon and Winter Soldier series within Marvel Entertainment. This premium collector shield features adjustable straps to allow wearing the shield like Captain America does when fighting for justice. Highly detailed, one for one, scale, full scale. This premium role play shield is designed to replicate the iconic look of the character. Um, the shield completes any Marvel fan costume or collection with quality design. From the Hasbro Legends series, and this has the leather straps uh-huh. all the way through it. Yeah. This thing looks gorgeous. It does. Right. It does. It right. says it's a one-to-one full scale. According to the Wakanda files, that is two and a half feet in diameter. Uh, according to what it says here, twenty-four inch, sixty centimeter diameter. That would then be the that two feet. Not, that would not be actually. Somebody is off in their measurements. Yeah. Hmm. You said it's how big? Hang on. Let me let me look this back up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I should be whistling the Jeopardy tune. <laughs> All right. Because the box set the box says 24 inches. I do not doubt that the box says 24 inches. All right. Ah, here it is. Yeah. Page 73 says 2.5 feet diameter. So we're short six inches. 
now perhaps what, what so perhaps what where the maybe the difference is now are they saying that the the cosplay shield is movie accurate that's what's being alluded to huh it, yeah on the on the website it says highly detailed one to one full scale hmm and it's designed to replicate the iconic look of the character in Mar- in the Marvel Entertainment. Hmm. So okay. I'm going. I'm just going to to quote the the book page here. Yeah. It says at Rogers's request, we're adding a star at the center figure. If the whole thing looks like a bullseye, what's the difference? <laughs> I never really thought about it, but they're right. Yeah. 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 It yeah. does look kind of like a bullseye. Yeah. Which, you know, that works in his favor because if you, if you see a bullseye, what are you going to do? You're going to aim for it. Aim for the bullseye. It's a subconscious thing. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I don't know. Anyway, getting back to uh, <laughs> the herb. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I found it interesting that, and this is something that this is a reason 498 of why they wouldn't let us, they probably wouldn't have us have uh, they didn't feel comfortable having the author on the show and, and we're not we're not bring we don't keep bringing this up just to throw jabs at marvel no no, no we're no, doing no. this because we're stating that we're recognizing a reality that they are probably recognizing and that is we will hit spots that we we're go, we would go down places that we well as Thursday would say, maybe. You're not authorized <laughs> to access this area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and there may be just a little, um, there might be a little bit of tooting our own horn here, which, just, yeah, we're not above doing that. That's a bit, but, so, it, it's interesting that, you know, when they, they pointed out how, you know, the, the crop of a heart-shaped herb had been destroyed. So they're trying to find a way to chemically reproduce said herb. And in that same section, they talk about the work of Dr. Erskine uh, and how, you know, the partial success of the super soldier serum with Red Skull uh, compared to the full success with... uh, Steve Rogers and how they're looking at that at at, at his work uh, in relation to how it uh, how the heart shaped herb I guess uh, interacted with the Black Panthers physiology and I'm like wow like I I, I started and, and okay maybe it's obvious at that point but now it makes me wonder. Does this mean that we might see the sol- the super soldier serum come back? Like, what if Wakanda actually is able to reproduce the super soldier serum? What happens? What does that mean? You know? Right. Yeah. Or, I mean, and I, I, I the other thing is, has it already happened because of U.S. agents? I think there's well, all right. In the comics and in the MCU, there have been multiple attempts to recreate the Super Soldier Serum, or to create an alternate. Right. In the comics, 
the U.S. agent got his powers from the power broker. Mm-hmm. He was using, I don't want to call it a variant of the super soldier formula, but it had similar, it has similar effects. Some right. of them, you know, more extreme effects. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Walker was able to to lift a whole lot more weight than Rogers was. Right. Um, I wonder if we're going to see more extremists. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, we do have someone who is a successful extremist test subject. Uh, yeah. Deathlock. Ah, that's right. Oh, oh. Right. So, I mean, we'll probably talk. We'll probably talk a little bit more about that later. Um, but I mean, this stuff. This is a perfect opportunity for stuff like that to show up. I got two. I, I got one name for you, uh, and I would love to see this character. But I don't know if we will. But this, I would love to see this character, Jack Monroe. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. So much yes in that. I, I, I'm just saying. For, for those, if for those of you who don't know what Kylan is talking about, Jack Monroe is a character by the name of Nomad in the comics. Mm-hmm. He was a. He started off as a Bucky. Yep. To a Captain America in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. But he got an. Um, he got an unstable version of the Super Soldier Serum and. Basically, it, uh, it it it. I think the, uh, the 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 phrase that I read in the comics was it addled his mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was he was a little bit unstable mentally as well. Why not? Right. I I I'm just I like I I I was reading uh, I was uh, reading um, a a team up that was Spider Man Nomad, and, yeah. and that's what made and that's what I'm like. You know what? Especially since we're in this world now where somebody somewhere has a variant. I, well, we, and I'm only saying this because we know that U.S. agent is in yes. Falcon and Wear Soldier. Correct. So we now, also know that Zemo and Batroc. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So somebody somewhere has a variant or a derivative or something. That being said, you know, along with uh, on the side uh, on the little sidetrack of we still want our Howling Commando series. That being said, <laughs> how about how about Nomad? How about Nomad? Let's let's just bring him out there too. He's a bit of a deep dive, but I'm just saying I think that would be an interesting character, especially to kind of put in there between uh, Sam and uh, um, Bucky. Well, didn't wasn't there an article that came out talking um, talking this past week about the idea of a Howling Commando series? Yes, and I yes. forwarded it to the both of y'all. No, I I didn't forward the article. I sent the, a screenshot because mm-hmm. I was kind of like I think it was from CBR, right? And I sent it to these two guys. I said, "Is CBR listening to us? Because we have been preaching for that." For how long now? Uh, let's see. Show started in 2013. So since 20, you joined the show in 2014, Eric. I thought it was 2015. No, I you joined were. It. You joined in 14, late 14. 
It's been a blur. So around six, seven years. Right. Yeah. So we've been, we've been, we've been, we, I won't say we've been praying for it. We've been preaching for it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at the IMDB list for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not seeing Zemo in here, mm-hmm. but I am seeing, um, Oh Lord, where did I see Emily Van Camp as Sharon Carter, yep. which I think we already knew. Uh George Saint Pierre as Batroc the Leaper. Yes. Um did I see or am I seeing this? Uh Okay, no, that's not him. I was thinking I saw the actor who played Zemo. Um He's appeared I'm not seeing he's appeared in a lot of the trailers and a lot of the promos. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's he's in the series. No, there it is. He's at the very top of the list. Good Lord, I am such an idiot. Yeah, Daniel Bruhl is Zemo. He's going to be in it. But the thing is, you know, Batroc didn't really have powers. No. no. I remember. Zemo didn't have powers. So I, I think it's safe to say that we're all looking forward to this. Yeah. Just, yeah, wish, it was, just wish it was coming out sooner than later. And for Bat and for Batroc, we got George's Saint Pierre playing him. Yeah, good choice. And apparently, he was in. Oh, we we see him in Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, he was he was he was Batroc in Winter Soldier too. Yeah, I, yeah. Feel so stupid for that. GSP, I I've been a fan of his ever since. Uh, well, because I, I I watch the UFC. And so when he retired, I was like, oh, man, that's going to that's kind of suck. But you know what? Then we get him in the MCU. And but Rock used to be a bit of a joke, you know, and yeah. he made him not a joke. So I was like, OK. Yeah. I mean, and this is one thing I like about bringing him in mm-hmm. because, you know, he is an MMA fighter. Yes. I mean, you don't really have to train him to fight. He knows that. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he, he's, uh, he's pretty athletic. Like, you know, uh, there's a lot of the guys when you watch MMA who they're more grapplers, that sort of thing. But no, this yeah. dude, he, he was a kicker. Like, uh, yeah. Well, and that's one the that's one thing that I really really enjoyed about you know his and, and Cap's fight scene in Winter Soldier mm-hmm. because you got two athletic individuals and, and graceful in, individuals. Yes, because you that you never got to, you didn't really get to see much of Cap's hand to hand fighting skill, right? You know, and, and you pretty much get. A ton of that in Winter Soldier. Like, I was like, this is Cap. Like, you know. Yeah, I mean, in the first movie, you get Cap Sling Shield. Yeah. Cap Sling Shield. Cap, you know, throw shield. Cap, Cap, uh, you know, fights with shield. Yep. But one thing that. Cap stops bullets from Peggy Carter with shield. Yes. (laughs) Cap is thankful for shield. (laughs) But the thing is, what a lot of people don't know is that Cap was a Cap was slash is a very highly trained hand to hand combatant. Yes. 
I mean, if I re- if I remember correctly, the uh, the old uh, the old TSR role playing game for Marvel superheroes had him as knowing at least three different kinds of martial arts. I believe you're right. I believe so, you're right. So when you get it, I mean, when you get that, you know, just you know, I'll, you know, it's like you put down your rock and I'll put down my sword. And we'll try to kill each other like civilized people. Yes. <laughs> That was kind of a scene that, yeah, it was a scene we were all happy to see. Oh, yeah. Yes. So getting back to the heart-shaped herb. (laughs) 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 It feels like three shows ago now. I'm going back to a comment that's going to end up being the show title. You can't see this because it's a podcast. (laughs) Anyway, Kylan, as you were saying about the herb... So yeah, so you know, so in the book, uh, so so uh, Shuri states that uh, Wakanda scientists are are trying to find a way to chemically reproduce. Well, they can't. They're on, they're not able to actually reproduce the herb itself, at least not yet. But they're trying to find a chemical equivalent. But, you know, they take that and then they run. They, they, then all of a sudden they go back to, you know, you, uh, G- Germany 1930s. And they're talking about uh, Dr. Erstein and, or er, Erskine and his uh, super soldier serum and how the, the effects and maybe looking at that and. See, and I guess kind of seeing if there, if you can look at the effects of that, and maybe trace it back to, uh, I guess uh, using that as a basis for uh, what they need to give to Black Panther, which, depending on how they go about it, could be a key plot point of the next Black Panther movie. Which is another reason why. See? We couldn't get the author on, couldn't get him, yeah. get him on the show. I mean, because that, that one piece about the heart-shaped herb is, uh, that that's sort of like, the, that's like the first major piece of the book. And it, and it then leads into the other things, though, in regards to weapons and technology and that sort of thing. But that one piece right there there about the herb you you know you you have clippings about the red skull and uh what the how the herb affected him and what why did it affect him the way it did and the the uh experiments in the state and i don't know man it was just see when they had the crystals before taking them back completely Mm-hmm. Why wasn't it asked? Could you go back and get a couple of the herb plants so we could replant? Oh, well, you know what? We don't know if that didn't happen. Well, according to the book, at the moment, it hasn't happened because they're trying to synthetically grow. You know what? You're right, yeah, I, I, dude. That that makes perfect sense, huh? Although, I mean, technically, Doctor Strange could travel back in time and pick one. Or two. True. Right. I can just see this being being almost like 
a recreation of the the conversation at the beginning of Infinity War, where Strange and Wong are are talking about him going down to the deli. It's kind of like, can you use the eye and go back a couple of hundred years and pick us up some heart shaped herbs? Yeah, I mean, I mean, and that's a mayo. <laughs> I mean, I mean that wouldn't be bad, would it? I mean, it's fourth grader good. No, no, I, I, I would not say that's bad. Now, I mean, now asking him to, you know, go back in time and bring us back a Tyrannosaurus egg. Yeah, but you know, if you're going to if you're going to do that, get the herb. Also, go back a hundred years and get a bunch of wheat plants, wheat stalks. That haven't been modified yet. Oh, uh, sorry, gonna, soapbox. I, th- I thought you were going to say go back to like you know the mid late eighties when the McRib was was still good. You know, and grab a couple. <laughs> Dude, I, I got news for you. Yeah, the McRib was never good. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I'm starting to wonder if maybe that was just my imagination. I, I, yes, yeah. I, I hate I hate to break it to you. You you know how we look at things from the past through rose-colored glasses? Yeah. I mean, I used to love the Saturday morning show Wonderbug. Oh. oh, dude. Or or Jason of Star Command. I was just reading up on that the other day. I no. loved that show. I don't want to watch it now. Please Exactly. Please, please don't go where you think you're going. I'm go I think you're going. I'm just saying we loved that stuff when we were kids. Yeah. But we you didn't know, know better. I and I, I have the complete I, I have the complete series of Space Academy downstairs. And I, I haven't been I, it seemed like a great idea when I bought it. I'm scared to go back and open it. But but you know, I love Hong Kong Fooey, and I will still watch it to this day. I have Hong Kong Fooey. Oh my god! Yes, I mean you've got you've got a a, a kung fu superhero voiced by Scatman Crothers. You can't go wrong. With that. Number one super guy, <laughs> wicker than the human eye. <laughs> Hong Kong Fooey, unfortunately, is uh, owned by DC now. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Because I bought Hong Kong Fooey and Black Lightning. Yes. Ah! I, yeah, I did it, people. I did it. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> but uh-uh. now here, here, here's some other. Here's another cool thing I found with the book. Mm-hmm. Shuri finds herself fascinated with the extremist research done by Aldrich Killian, or by his colleague uh, Maya Henson. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. She she claims the idea has potential, which could be she, which could be something she explores, or another group like AIM explores in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's true. Possibly leading us to the creation of the live action Modok. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you've got that. If anybody could stabilize the extremists, it's got to be her. Oh, uh, absolutely. And, and I say at this point in time, she's the new Black Panther. And with her being Black Panther, she also becomes essentially the new Iron Man type Tony Stark 
Yeah. And I think she's the one who brings in Ironheart with Stark armor. All right. Here's, here's, here's a possible scenario that I see in my head. Okay. Okay. All right. Shuri does not want to be like Tony Stark. Mm -hmm. So what does she do? She basically recruits somebody to be like the James Rhodes. Ah, the pilot for her armor. Yeah. So that's how you that's how you could have an iron heart in the MCU. Right. Especially especially if Shuri is becoming the new Black Panther. Yeah. Okay. And she is yeah, Wakanda is going to be her priority. Right. She's gonna need an agent to go out into the world. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And basically be like, I don't know, like the Wakandan representative on the Avengers. I, I think it will be her as Panther, but I think she will be responsible with Pepper in the MCU to carry on Stark Industries yeah. and, and help also develop tech for Stark Industries through Wakanda. Yeah. Uh, another thing I, I found interesting with the book, even the Nazis thought Red Skull was a lot nuts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that was pretty, that was pretty evident in the very first one, the very first, uh, Captain America movie. Right. Because when the, the Nazi officials come in and are basically, you know, you know, chewing him out for a lack of, uh, results, basically they had very much the, the vibe going that, you know, we, you know, the Fuhrer gave you this bunker and he gave you this R&D budget as basically a way to shuffling you out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yep. it's clear that those three had had no respect for him. Right. Had no confidence in his in his goal or his mission or whatever. And basically it was kind of like the, oh, well, you get to play with your toys for a while. And here we're going to remind you who's in charge. Yeah. Now, not go well for them. The other thing, again, that probably had uh, led to Marvel going, yeah, no, not right now. <laughs> a possible Shang Chi tease. Because um, remember, in the opening chapter, we have human enhancement, and it features a memo from pre- the president himself, which at the time is President Ellis. To the Secretary of Defense talking about the Mandarin. Yeah. Mm-mm. And uh, and with the one shot, All Hell the King, it, it was revealed that the Mandarin is not Trevor Slattery and that the real Mandarin was not happy about being impersonated. True. So, uh, and of course, as we know with the comics, the rings are made of alien made objects that grant different abilities to the person wil- wielding them. Um, so what if Shang-Chi is being tasked to overcome the powers of the Mandalorians bling, blinged out fingers? Hmm. Now, again, I said there was potential Easter eggs in this book when we were talking after we got the book that there was potential Easter eggs in this book to, to upcoming movies. I mean, yeah. hmm. Dude, this might be too deep of a rabbit hole, but 
thinking about the ten rings, uh, how do you think that this will be that this is going to be the seed that starts us toward the next big uh, story arc for for the next uh, set of phases? I I see it potentially either being a a major story arc involving uh, Strange and Chi, Mm Shang-Chi, or if this leads to a major event like an Avengers type movie, uh, I think this could potentially lead us down the road towards maybe House of M. Mm Mm-hmm. To help get um, mutants introduced into the MCU. Right. And that maybe one of these rings opens up a different multiverse portal that allows mutants from a dying planet or a dying multiverse Earth to come to to come to this planet. That would that not be like the ultimate diss on the Fox movies? Yes, it would. And at this point in time, it almost needs to be done. I mean, if you're saying if you're saying that uh, the way to bring in mutants is to say this is a dying timeline, well, the X Men was pretty much a dying franchise. Yep. Uh, especially with the what was it, Dark Phoenix, also titled the Nobody Cares About. The X Men, Dark Squirrel. <laughs> Because you you had X Men First Class of the reboot, you had X Men yeah. First Class, X Men Days of Future Past Present. Who cares? Um, then after that was what X Men Apocalypse. Yeah, that was terrible. And then you went X Men Dark Squirrel. I will. I love you. I will call you Dark Squirrel. <laughs> yeah. So. Because the only saving grace in those was potentially the uh, the Logan run. Logan was great. Right. I actually, even with some of the flaws, I did not mind the Wolverine. I love the Wolverine. I, I really now, mind you, it, I maybe it maybe because I was watching it with uh, with the same eyes as that fourteen, fifteen year old that read. The the um the Japan story, that's pretty much the only way I know it as, you know, that that may be part of it. Um, but I enjoyed it. I mean, even I mean, though, yeah, there were flaws with Silver Samurai. Yeah, but yeah, I I liked it. I did. I don't know. Origins. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, you know, I, I would go back to watch it just to get just to rewatch. The parts with Gambit to see if it was. See, I wasn't happy with Gambit. Origins Wolverine had some bright spots. Mm-hmm. Um, their version of Deadpool was not one of them. No, no. So, um, at this point in time, gotta ask how many <laughs> would you give? On a scale of one to five? On a scale of one to five. Six and a half. Okay. Kylan. <laughs> uh, I I would say a, a solid, solid. I, you know what? I'll go with Eric. A solid six and a half. 
I I would take it off the scale as well to puny god status. <laughs> I am a god, you dull creature, and I will not be bullied by that. Puny god. Because that's how I felt after reading the book. It's like, I have been smashed into the ground with all this new information. Uh, yeah. I, okay. That's now a reference manual. <laughs> yeah, this this is probably – this just took the place of my, of my favorite technical manual-style book. Mm-hmm. And it had taken the place of the Millennium Falcon Owner's Guide. Oh, I mean, That's a good one. We're talking the one that looks like the uh, Chittens, right? It's like it's you, you you have gone to like AutoZone and gotten gotten yeah, it off the yeah yeah yeah. I have the I have the Death Star one for that. I want the Falcon one. The Falcon I, one is really good because it's also got a lot of the other, um, not just YT line, but some others. The, the other Corellian freighters, freighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, nice. Well, see, see that that was the style of book that the Marvel vehicles was in, and I that that, yeah. that was high on my list as well. But now this, I mean, oh, the only way, and I don't even know if the, if if there was a helicarrier manual that's out there. I don't know if that helicarrier. I think there is. I think there, there is. is. I believe so. Now, Kylan and I were talking. Now, you're familiar with, in Star Wars, there's the Jedi Path, the Book of Sith, the Bounty Hunters Code, the Rebel Files, the Imperial Handbook, Smuggler's Guide, yeah. all those, right? We want, Kylan and I were talking, how awesome would it be if Daniel Wallace did the Shield Handbook, an AIM Handbook, Hydra Handbook, Sword Handbook, and I don't remember what the fifth one was. Uh, Let me see. We said Shield Aim, Hydra, Sword, Stark, uh, Avengers. No, no. There was a fifth one. We came up with five books: Hydra, uh, Shield, Novacor. Oh, Novacor would be good too. That would take it six. Novacor, Hydra, Shield, Aim, Sword. Uh, Aim, Hydra. Aim, Hydra, Shield, Sword. Um. Novacore. Novacore would be good. The Raven, a Ravengers book would be great. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I would like to see. I, I would well, love to have that type of story. You'd have the Milano. You'd have pretty much all the little one and two man crafts. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You'd have. Um, I mean, these. The these, big mothership. I mean, these books are great. I, I have. Yeah. And, and I, I can see him doing the vault editions as well. Yeah. Whereas, like with the shield one, the ID has an RFID chip in it, and you put it on top of the the case, and it opens up. Yeah, I can see that. I want this. I want this to happen now. Um, okay, looks like there is a owner's workshop manual for Marvel vehicles. That's the one you were talking about, Kyle. Yeah. I have that one. Um, seeing one for the battleship Yamato. That was oh, space geez. battleship Yamato. Yep. Um, I'm seeing one for the Quinjet for the DeLorean time machine. Oh, I need that one. Uh, the shield flying car again. Why haven't we seen that? Um, I thought I saw one for the helicarrier. I am. I, I do see one. I see a cutaway 
drawing blueprint looking thing for the helicarrier. But it's not the MCU version. Mm. But I'm seeing a Quinjet. I like the Quinjet. This is like the comic book Quinjet version. Okay. Um, now, there was one for the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier from the old handbook to the Marvel Universe. Right. That was neat. There was a, there's a, I'm seeing a hammer helicarrier. Um, the X-Men's Blackbird. Yeah, that's really all I'm seeing here. Oh, Goblin Glider. Closest, that's closest you're going to see to it is going to be in the uh, Marvel vehicles. Yeah. Because that's where the flying car is located as well. And I remembered what the fifth one was, Hammer. Hammer, you're right. Uh, yeah. uh, there you go. So anyway, guys. Here are the picks of the week. And Eric, you start us off. Okay. Uh, I am starting off. My first pick of the week is Savage Avengers 13 by Jerry Duggan, Adam Gorham, and Valerio Giordano. I probably just mutilated that. Please, Valerio, come on the show and, and publicly chastise me. Uh, and answer a few questions while we're at it. <laughs> anyway, the Savage Avengers Assemble. Wolverine, Conan, Doctor Strange, Elektra, Black Widow, Hellstrom, Voodoo, Plan Against Kulin Goth, and you'll be thrilled as Conan wields a most unexpected fight against darkness. I'm calling Ebony Blade. Okay. I, I'm just, that's that's just my guess. Oh, yeah, there's also magic. Uh, magic's in this lineup as well. Okay. Possibly could be the Soul Sword. Ooh, Conan with the Soul Sword. Ooh. Ooh. Conan with Excalibur. Wow. So, Kylan. Uh, my first pick is <clears throat> Black Widow, Widow Stink, number one. Uh, something stirring in the criminal underworld. Magia boss Silvermane is making his move. S.H.I.E.L.D. has has sent an agent in to investigate, but, they are dis- but they've disappeared. It's time to call in the heavy hitters. It's time to call in the Black Widow. And the plan Natasha Romanoff will uncover is far deadlier than any of them realized. Don't miss this all-new tale from the dangerous, deep-covered days of the Black Widow. All right. My first pick of the week comes from Nick Spencer and Ryan Otley. Amazing Spider-Man number 51. Last Remains continues. Last Remains continues as Spider-Man seeks help from Doctor Strange. And it's not going to be enough. Spider-Man does what many would find unthinkable to take fight to take the fight to Kindred. And the cover on this is awesome. So, uh, Eric, back over to you. On the subject of awesome artwork, awesome. is the Marvel art of Savage Sword of Conan hardcover. A little bit more expensive, but hey, it's worth it because the majestic art of legendary black and white magazine, The Savage Sword of Conan, is presented in a deluxe hardcover art book worthy of Crom himself. Following the massive success of Marvel's color, Conan the Barbarian comic, the Hyborian was given his own black and white magazine to better capture the bone-crushing action of the Barbarian's world. Stripped down to pencil and inks essentials, Conan took on a new savagery drawn by masters such as Barry Windsor Smith, John Buscema, and Ernie Chan. The series' fully painted covers featured gorgeous illustrations by Boris Vallejo, Michael Kaluta, Earl Norum, and others. 
while the many pinups and spot illustrations are hidden gems waiting to be discovered by Conan fans. With 235 issues in its epic history, there is no shortage of mind-blowing savage sword art. And this deluxe hardcover shares the best of it. Excellent. Kylan, second pick. My second pick is Ironheart graphic novel trade paperback, Meant to Fly. Riri Williams stepped out of Tony Stark's shadow to forge her own future. When one of Spider-Man's old foes holds a group of world leaders hostage, Ironheart must up her game. Luckily, Riri has a will of steel, a heart of iron, and a new AI on her side. Unluckily, the search for a kidnapped friend will send her tumbling into an ancient power, and it is deadly. Plus, when Miles Morales, Miles Morales goes missing, who better to search for him than his fellow champion, Riri? And more amazing friends join the fun, including Nadia Van Dyne, the unstoppable wasp, the sorcerer supreme Doctor Strange, and Princess Shuri of Wakanda. But can Riri and her allies stop the Sinister Ten Rings and their plans for destruction? Just collecting Ironheart 1 through 12. Wow. That was uh, that was just like the entire issue, our entire issue of what we just talked about all in one book. Hello. <laughs> Pretty much. Again, a reason why we couldn't bring Troy Benjamin on the show, because Marvel would be afraid we would make this connection, and there are enough Easter eggs to tie into future films. And we, I promise you, people, I, 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 saw, the, I saw the book, and I said, oh, you know what? I'll put that on my pick of the week. I didn't read it before, before this. Well, before when, you this- picked, when you picked it, and... Before I did, and I knew what it was, being the collection of the of the of the f- first major stories of the of the series. Huh? I don't actually. I think it's the whole series because I don't think the series lasted that long. Yeah, it's just it's one through twelve is what it says. So I don't know. I think yeah, that's, it, that's, I think that's everything. Wow. Okay. It didn't last very long at all. And and I n- remember reading on Unlimited. All of those and seeing them, I'm like, okay. So talking about Ten Rings, that's why I brought up Ironheart. Tony's gone at this point in time in the films. Tony's gone. He's dead. Yeah. Who Who is the closest person in the MCU to do what Tony did? Shiri, because she was already doing it and, they, and the world didn't know it. Right, right. So who's mm-hmm. to say Wakanda, the throne of Wakanda and... Stark Industries collaborates together. Especially now that the world has changed. And if Pepper needs someone to help make the armor or make something for Stark Industries at uh-huh. Tony's level, it's Sherry. Yep. Yeah. So Sherry, Sherry would make the Ironheart armor at this point in time. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to say it right now and again. Yes, I do work for the company. I have no inside information at all. This is total speculation. And I, ha- I haven't heard anything because Marvel Studios is tight-lipped, obviously, if we can't get Troy Benjamin on the show. Right. And I want to send this episode – I'm going to send this issue to our our rep from, from uh, this publisher mm-hmm. to let him know we're okay with this because we understand why – 
But I'd be curious to see. But I also want him to hear what we said. I may just clip the Daniel Lewis, Daniel Wallace part out to send him. But it's like we we are with deduction are able to figure it out. And I'm saying I'm going to say right now. I bet you we're going to get Ironheart before the end of Phase Four, if not in during Phase Five. I would not be surprised. And, and at this point in time, if it happens, it's not a freaking genius move. It's it, it's like if Jim Rockford went to Wakanda, it's the Wakanda Files. <laughs> <laughs> now there's a cheesy TV intro theme growing through my head. Thank <laughs> you. So, so wait, does he live? Does he live in a, uh, a trailer that's like right there on on the beach in Wakanda? Is that where he? Yeah. Jim Rockford lives in a trailer next to a van down by the river. Uh, I was waiting for you to go there. <laughs> anyway, well, I'm going to go to my second book of the week myself. Uh, Star Wars Doctor Aphra number five, Power to Rule the Galaxy, Ronan Tagi. Has the legendary rings of veil? See, there's the eleventh ring, or maybe this is one of the ten rings that ends up in the six one six universe. Because remember, Star Wars takes place in a galaxy a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, uh huh. So, will he destroy the priceless artifacts, or fall to their temptation? If they truly give him the power to rival the emperor. What hope do Afra and crew have to stop him? And oh, by the way, Star Wars The High Republic comic series comes out in January. Okay. So, Kylan, or Eric, your final pick. My final pick, um, just like the second pick was uh, somewhat more expensive than the first pick, the third pick is the most expensive of all, um, you know, in the $100 range, but I promise you it is every worth it it's worth every penny is what i'm trying to say yes you know art major sorry uh the infinity gauntlet omnibus hardcover death has released thanos from her cold embrace and he plans to repay her by murdering half the universe but even as the mad titan gathers the six infinity gems from across the galaxy assembling them into the infinity gauntlet and gaining truly godlike powers a host of heroes gather to oppose him including the Silver Surfer, Adam Warlock, Gamora, Drax the Destroyer, Doctor Strange, and the Hulk. Even with Doctor Doom, Galactus, and the universe's cosmic powers aiding them, can Marvel's mightiest possibly prevail against Thanos the All-Powerful? The fan-favorite cosmic event is collected in its entirety. And when we say entirety, we mean 1,248 pages. Ouch. Yep. All right. Kylan, final pick of the week. My final pick of the week is Shang-Chi number two of five, uh, brought to us by Gene Luen Yang, DK Ruan, Jim Chung, and Philip Tan. The hits keep on coming. Shang-Chi may finally met his match uh, in the form of this strange new assailant, Sister Hammer. But who is she really? Find out in this shocking reunion. Okay. Well, my final pick of the week, 
Star Wars, the trade paperback from from the journals of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Lost Tales of the Jedi Revealed, Obi-Wan has slowly adjusted to his life on exile on Tatooine, secretly protecting Luke Skywalker, but now injustice reigns as villainous scum run rampant, extorting moisture farmers and wrecking havoc. Will old Ben risk revealing himself to do what's right? And when Jabba the Hutt hires a bounty hunter to find out who's been throttling his men, Obi-Wan must take on the galaxy's deadliest Wookiee, Black Kristanton. Plus, years earlier, when Obi-Wan was still a Padawan, Master Yoda found himself trapped on a savage world with a hidden power. Yoda must learn the secret of the stones, and his struggle in the past will affect Luke in the present. Can Obi-Wan save a young Tusken Raider? This is collecting Star Wars issues number 7, 15, 20, 26 through 30, and material from Star Wars number 37. Cool. So, Eric, you have our MU pick for the week. My MU pick. Um, I, I kind of combined some stuff here. And uh, the best way to combine uh, picks from you know earlier picks is to go to the run of what. If and this particular one is What If Volume One Number Twenty Three, published October nineteen eighty. Uh, there are actually three stories in it. Uh, the primary story is uh, What If the Hulk Had Become a Barbarian, uh, written by Peter Gillis, uh, penciled by Herb Trimpey. And uh, then, let's see, in a world where Jarella didn't die while visiting the Hulk's world in Incredible Hulk number 205, Hank Pym later finds a way to return Hulk and Jarella to Kai permanently. There, they marry and join with Kai's superheroes to fight the dark gods that threaten to invade their world. Now, the second story is Synopsis for the First Celestial Host, where the Celestials visit Earth for the first time and perform the experiments that result in the deviant, eternal, and mutant offshoots of humanity. And uh, probably my other favorite part of this book... What if Aunt May had been bitten by a radioactive spider? Aunt May is bitten instead of Peter. Ben doesn't die, and she becomes a costumed hero. Okay. Spider May, Spider May, does whatever a whatever an Aunt May can do. All right. So there you go. Well, that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up for us. Uh, any final thoughts? My brain is trying to finish out the song lyrics. <laughs> I, I think it's awesome that uh, we we man like in talking about in talking about this book, we still managed to talk about some of the key so some key news uh, items that come out this week as well. But we just all kind of squeezed it in from this book, which I don't know that says more about the book or more about us. It's all I because think it says about the book. it's all because of Jim Rockford in the Wakanda Files. Well, my final thought because of um, when we're recording, uh, Eric and I are playing each other head to head and. In the Sorcerer Radio Fun Zone Football League, uh, and, 
and right now I am up on him 4.3 to 3. That's 1.3 points you'll never see again. Oh, wait, that's what I'm supposed to say when I'm ahead. Yeah. <laughs> your your Giants you know, defense isn't doing that good. <laughs> Mine never does. <laughs> that's why I play with a disposable defense philosophy. <laughs> uh, wait a minute. Am I looking at the – okay. It, it, y'all indulge me here for just a second. Okay. All right, all right, y'all. This is how this is how even this this game is. Initial projections. Mike's team, which I should say, Figments of Shield. I love that title. I love that team name. I, I've had that since you ran the league. Yeah, I know. I know. You're projected at 141.6. Yeah. My team, the XS Tech Technicians, which you got to be a hardcore Disney fan to know that one. Darn um, Skippy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm projected at. 143.5. Win probability like, is 50%. Either way. Yeah. It's a toss up. So. So. <laughs> well, on that note, there's only one thing left to do. My diagnosis is that you've experienced a severe anxiety attack. Okay. We'll take it. I'm feeling better. <laughs> of human intellect and machine have interfaced with all of the digital information stored on the vast network of the World Wide Web. I can do the same thing with my phone. Plus, I got free roaming. Nice. What's new on the 42 cast? Let's ask my co-hosts. We're talking about Doctor Who. Comic book shows and movies. And we're talking about all things Star Trek. And so much more. Check us out on Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and iTunes. It's only on the 42Cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. So, Nathan, when are we finally talking Babylon 5? This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This has been a Weeby Geeks production.